So excited. Break, break, break. Seriously. They may have the appearance of riches, but beneath the clothes you find a man. And beneath the man you find his nucleus. Welcome once again to Chill Filtered, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to. But you probably should, and you probably are, and that's why we like you. Uh, another round, another another week, another day, another date on a dollar, and another dollar, another Ben Klepsig. And uh, Ben is back for his second round interview test episode against Brian Rapp. This is kind of the final final round with him and Brian, you know, duke it out. Um Great, great feedback we got from the survey. Great feedback for uh, Ben. Did I call you Brian? Uh, no, you referenced Brian, but... Okay, I, I just had it, Brian it. in the back of my head. I was like, did I just yeah. call you that? No, that's weird. <laughs> so anyway, Ben, um, it's good to have you back. And uh, well, first of all, I have, a, I have a question. But first is, what are you entry buzzing on? Um, I am entry buzzing on a well-reviewed... Uh, whiskey from the podcast Ooh. the highland park 14 you went royalty in the of same the direction i did <laughs> so okay so highland park a highland like like not a yeah. highland it's technically out of the highland realm but it's in the top of scotland basically yeah and I it's 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 a nice low proof you know it's not mm-hmm. going to compete with what we're drinking so and it's the 14 year did i say yeah 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 that's a good one so I went with Glen Morangi 18 or Glen Morangi 18 because it's up near the distillery we're drinking today. And so I was like, and then you thought the same thing, I'm sure. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. So Ben. Yes. We were talking uh, before we started recording and, and I was like, this is too interesting to not record on. So we're just <laughs> going to pick up where we left off. I was talking about your experience. You went to Colorado recently and I recommended you go to the Stanley hotel. Two reasons. One, it's a really cool, scary, like, like weird hotel. And it was haunted. the one that inspired um, mm-hmm. the shining. Yeah, yep, that's exactly right. It wasn't where they filmed it, of course, no, but it's, no. yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, Stephen, Stephen King, King said like, he was went there, so creeped out. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, you got to go there. But they also have one of the best whiskey bars in the state of Colorado. So. Amazing. It was like 1,300 bottles or something crazy. Dang. Yeah. So I had, to, you know, and so my family mm-hmm. went on the Tell Spooky Ghost Stories tour yeah. of the hotel. And they walked around and heard about how haunted the place was. And I stayed at the bar and had three or four mm. awesome whiskeys you couldn't get anywhere Do you remember else. what? You know, I, I don't remember. Um, oh, I do remember. One of them was um, an Adelphi independent independent bottling Ooh. of um, Bunahaven. Oh, say I no mean, more. <laughs> it rocked my. And it's, I have seen that bottle in stores and it's a $600 uh-huh. bottle. Ooh, and that's it great. was, I can't pr- bring myself to do it, but oh, yeah. it, it felt worth it, even though I'm not going to buy it. So, like, that's the thing about Isla Scotches is that, like, Bunahaven, Lafroig, Ardbeg, uh, Lagavulin, like, the big five or so, yeah, can't go wrong. Like, even, like, yeah. Kilcoman is, is good, but, like, it doesn't compete, in my opinion, to the big five. And, like, I'm not a huge Lagavulin fan, but sometimes some of the stuff they put out is, like, incredible. Yeah, and I trust um, Rukladic in there um as oh, well 100%. It's, Glady's yeah in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah that's the other it's one good. i forgot to mention 
Um, but like Bunahaven is so underrated in the Island apartment. Like people are like, that looks weird. It's a short stubby bottom. Like it's one of the best short stubby bottles you'll ever have. But so you were saying, I was talking about the night I spent in the Stanley, but then you started talking about your daughter and yeah, um, so it's, yeah. we, we haven't pulled this off yet, but my daughter uh, is fascinated by ghost stories and mm -hmm. haunted places. And anytime there's a haunted hotel, Mm -hmm. She wants somebody in our family group to stay in the haunted room, <laughs> not her. And yeah. so her actually what she wants is for me to stay in the haunted room nice. and for her and mama to stay in a different room. And then totally. like periodically they'll check on me to like be a phone <laughs> to see if I'm still alive. That's and so good. there's, there's a place in Marquette, Michigan that is supposedly has mm -hmm. a haunted room and it is, you know, the hot property to get into. And I'll be honest, cool. I would be, I, I don't believe yeah. in ghosts, but I would be a little uh -huh. freaked out. Like I would, totally. I would think I would have a little bit of a hard time falling asleep. Yeah. No, it, the first time I spent a night in my wife's parents' place, it was hard falling asleep. And I wasn't even sure, like I, I was ready to explain everything away, but it was still creepy. Like it was still like, what was that sound? What was that rush of, of wind? Like, is it colder in here than it should be? And like all these different things I'm feeling. I had a friend in college that told me a ghost story that she said really happened to her and and she mm. saw the ghost of a high school friend uh mm. who died by suicide and and you. it was like she was confident that it happened and she yeah. was so confident that it kind of shook me a little bit and i called yeah. up my brother and said mm. okay here my brother's k-i-e-r here i said okay if in case it's possible for one of us to haunt the other, we should yeah. totally haunt each other. So we uh -huh. kind of struck a deal that whoever dies first is going to try and haunt the other one. Mm -hmm. And then we started coming up with like cool ways to do it, like to prove you know, it. A, yeah. A thunderstorm and, and you just do the silhouette on the hillside as the lightning mm. goes up and stuff, just trying to make it extra creepy. So I definitely did not. Well, I did believe in ghosts, but I was very ready to scientifically explain everything away. Mm -hmm. until until I stayed at my like in-laws place, which I've told stories about that before. But when we spent the night at the Stanley, um, it was, we shared a room. We had two twin beds. Uh, my wife and I were in one and then my in-laws were in one and my in-laws are great. So it was like, cool. Uh, but we all kind of knew. And then my, my in-laws sister, my mother-in-law's sister and her husband were in a separate room. And so it's like, Hey, you know, we're here because of, the you know the reputation stories, we're right? not here yeah. to to spend a regular night and so i slept like a baby that night no one else did <laughs> and uh and i was just i was fine but my father-in-law had a scratch down the side of it like down the, the the shoulder blade on his back when he woke up in the morning apparently it sounded like kids were running in the hallways um past like midnight and um i didn't you know i'm i'm, I'm asleep yeah. but this is what other people are telling me and and it was like multiple accounts, like like the aunt and my wife heard children in the hallway, like screaming and running and playing. And um, but here's the craziest one to me. The next morning, you know, things are weird. What's that scratch on my father-in-law's back? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe that's explainable. It's actually 100 percent explainable. Like maybe it was my mother-in-law who accidentally scratched him or something like that. Maybe, you know, actual kids were running down the hallway or something like they should be in bed. But um the, the next thing was pretty crazy so we woke up the next morning and we're we're packing up we're putting all our clothes away and you know putting our suitcase on the bed to um you know fill up with stuff so we could zip up and go and my father-in-law remembers very clearly 
putting his key card on the center of the bed, not the edge of the bed, the center of the bed. He said, this is where I'm going to you know, pick it up. And all of a sudden it's gone. And we're all like, okay, well, is it on the, you know, we're looking right under the edges of the bed. We're like, okay, we're not going like, to crawl down, but like, let's look to see. Cause it was, it would have, if it fell off, it would have fallen maybe just below the bed or around the bed. So we looked all over, we looked in the bags, we looked everywhere. Finally, we find the key card in the center of the bed underneath the bed. Huh. It's explainable, 100% yeah. explainable, but really weird. And yeah, it, uh, it, it yeah. all does make me think of the the great line from Ghostbusters when they go to the library mm-hmm. and he says, "No human would stack books this way." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be no. supernatural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh I also, when my sister passed a few years ago, it would have been about three years ago now, um, my mom and my whole family's well, not my whole family, but some of my family is pretty religious and, um, you know, definitely believes in a spiritual realm. Uh, when she passed, my mom said to, she prayed, she said, um, if, if you're, if you, if you're with Trisha right now, my sister, God, uh, make it make it snow all of a sudden. And it wasn't on the forecast. It wasn't anything like that. And it started to snow like 30 minutes later. And I was like, dang. Um, And then I kept that in mind because it wasn't, it was 0% on the forecast. There was like no chance of it during the day. I mean, it was November um, in Colorado, which is, you know, it could happen. Uh, Like, but, but the fact that it wasn't on the forecast was crazy. When Beck was born in Arizona, where it is not likely to rain if it's not on the forecast, uh, especially a sprinkle. Like it might like it might like downpour, but it's really rare to even downpour. But like that's even more rare is a sprinkle in the summer. Mm-hmm. And it was June, like uh, it was like the day or two later. It was the day after we we had back in the hospital, June twenty first. Um, in I'm Arizona, glad that you remember that I thought for yes. a second you forgot your daughter's birthday. But, uh, <laughs> you, you, you pulled it in. That was good. The hard one is that the other one's June 2, and she's also June 29th. So it's it gets crazy. But um, so we walk out of the the hospital to take back home and it starts sprinkling. And I was like, okay, I think this is you know, if this is any if this isn't random yeah. and it is spiritual, this is Trisha right now. So and Trisha would have been obsessed with Beck. <laughs> like just wouldn't have let her go. Like that's who my sister was. So yeah. Um, well, that's good. yeah. Um, no, that's funny. So you should do that. You should totally go to that Marquette uh, um, hotel and just, and you should like force your daughter. Is this your 16 year old? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You should totally force her to do it and be like, Hey, you know, you're sleeping on the, you're sleeping in the car if you're not coming in. So she would probably sleep in the car actually. No, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, uh, is she like, does she watch like, or listen to like podcasts or, no, I mean, uh, she's, you know, they, she and, and, uh, her mama love watching, uh, horror movies. Nice. That's not my jam. And so mm-hmm. they start a horror movie. I'll, I don't know, I'll go into the whiskey room or something yeah. and let them enjoy their fun. So, uh-huh. oh, that's funny. I, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too big into, I mean, I can enjoy a horror movie, but it's not my jam. Yeah. I like, I like creepy tense movies. I can yeah. do that. Uh-huh. But like gore and oh, people screaming and dying, and no, I don't do that. Not my thing. Yeah, yeah, especially like for the sake of goriness. Shout out to Whiskey Morgue, though. Have you ever seen this that? Is, that uh, I have Instagram? 
No, what, what does whiskey work about? Oh, he just does like uh, he'll do like pictures of the dram he's drinking, and then in the background you'll see like a, a, a snippet from some horror movie. Great, great YouTube channel. I'm gonna see if I can mention him on the um, on the. Uh, this is kind of our uh, Halloween episode, Cole. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> How did that happen? So this comes out. Yeah, on on Halloween, right? <laughs> All right, yeah. what's the best Halloween costume you ever did? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I don't go to, it's not that I, I wish I could go hard. Or I guess it's the day after this comes out, but uh, I wish I could go more hard when it comes to um, like costumes and stuff. But I remember when I was a kid. Yeah. I, it wasn't about the, you know, showmanship or anything like that. It was more about the practicality. And I'll explain. So, of course, I love candy. I'm like, you know, probably 12 at the yeah. time. And um, I had this friend that was always egging me on and like in a good way, like we would all not in a good way. It was a bad way, but it was towards each other. Like it was like back and forth. Hey, you should do this. You should do this. And it was like always get us into trouble later, um, but never like mean or like against each other or anything egging me on. And so I was a cloud. And I got this like like a bunch of cotton balls and, and made this whole thing. And I was like a cloud. And so when we showed up to a door, we looking back, it was a little different. But when we showed up to a door and said trick or treat, I'd be like, Merry Christmas. And then my <laughs> friend would be like, oh, don't worry about him. His head's in the cloud. And then I'd be like, he is a cloud. And we'd start like fake <laughs> laughing. I'd be like, ha, <laughs> as we reach in the, the you know the, the bucket so you had a stick. We, yeah that old yeah, stick, stick to try and get yeah. more candy yeah exactly and we That's always nice. did so yeah what well, about you was, are you big into it you know not huge into it but i, I did it some in college and then of mm -hmm. course when i was a kid um now i'm a little bit older than you and, and i'm some uh -huh. part of that gen x generation where you totally. just you know latchkey kids and and nobody really cared uh if you were out until all hours and so mm -hmm. Halloween, we would be out for like three hours by ourselves, oh, totally. just going mm -hmm. neighborhood to neighborhood. And if there was a, I, I remember one year I had, um, like my whole costume was just like a mask, like a werewolf uh -huh. rubber mask. Okay. And if we went to a house that I liked the candy, I'd go mm -hmm. around the corner, I'd take off my kind of over shirt, my, my yeah. little jacket shirt, take the mask, reverse it oh, so that it funny. almost looked like a Michael Myers kind of white mask <laughs> and go back and hit him again. See, we were thinking the same thing. It was all about the, you know, it was about, it was about, uh, it was about return on investment as opposed to, um, you know, the show of it. That's so funny. I thought I was the only one who did that kind of stuff, or at least of the close friend. No, group. and I, I, our, and our um, candy bag was like the, um, uh, the mattress or the the uh, pillowcase mm -hmm. from your bed. Always and because it would I rip would get, it otherwise. Right, it get like half full. I mean, like mm -hmm. I would go hard. Yeah. Same. We had this one neighborhood. I didn't even like trick or treat in my neighborhood because my lot was like three quarters of an acre. So we would go to the neighborhood like half a mile down the road where every it was like like house, house, house. And we would just yeah fill it on up. I think I counted one time 18 pounds. Of I remember candy. when I when I was starting out in life, you know, my first homes were apartments in buildings uh -huh. and we would buy all the candy, be ready for trick or treaters. And nobody would come to trick or treat the apartment so building. Man, when I was a kid, if I could buzz my that way into place. an apartment building, that's mm. a jackpot. You yeah. just go door to door, door to door, door to door. Mm. Even if they don't yeah. have candy, they go find something in the cupboard <laughs> for you. Yeah, exactly. They're like, do you want some raisins? We're like, ah, I'm moving on to the next. Yeah. <laughs> a packet of ramen here. That's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
what's that the oh he gives him his watch in uh big daddy with uh, adam Sandler. oh yeah yeah <laughs> well and I, there's my mind works in movie and tv quotes i mm-hmm. just they just come out of my mouth That's all the good. time and so anytime anybody like if something happens that's a little disappointing, mm-hmm. I'll say under my breath, I got a rock, which is <laughs> Charlie Brown, what he got every damn time uh, he went to. Everybody else got all this great candy. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, I totally think in that stuff, especially like stupid movies. Like my favorite well, comedy is yeah. um, uh, Nacho Libre. Oh, that's and, a great movie. Yeah. I'm so I, glad we just connected with that. One of my favorite lines from uh-huh. that, which I, nobody's seen this movie and nobody gets it. It's like oh, it's so good. when he's caught in the room trying on his outfit and this little kid <laughs> looks at him weird and he says, uh, sometimes grown-ups wear stretchy pets. It's for fun. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite line in that whole movie is when he starts getting money from you know wrestling. So he then starts buying nicer clothes. And so... Um, uh, Incarnacion, the the nun, is like Ignacio. Where are your robes? <laughs> and he's like, they were uh, a stinky. <laughs> and he goes, see, these are my recreation pants. And she goes, they look expensive. He's like, thank you. I mean, um, they may have the appearance of riches, but beneath the clothes you find a man, and beneath the man you find his nucleus. <laughs> Like, I don't even like Jack Black. I don't really like Jared Hess, the director. I love Nacho Libre. It just does not get old to me. It's so good. So, anyway, how far are we? We're 20 minutes now. We're we're like 18 minutes or so. But, any, uh, let's see. Is there any, any, any week fun updates for you? Um, I would, uh, this is probably more of a story than we have time for, but the, um, my, I, I kind of, wear my nerd flag proudly. There's all kinds uh-huh. of things that I'm a little extra nerdy about. Totally. And one of them, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, is Dungeons & Dragons. Mm. I've played Dungeons & Dragons since I was in middle school. Nice. And um, I, my buddy is the dungeon master for a campaign uh-huh. that we're doing. And so last Friday we played, and it was all like um, Alice in Wonderland themed. So oh, if you could remember any parts of the plot of Alice in Wonderland, it helped you to get through the dungeon oh, um and at the same time he works for the state historical society and mm-hmm. um this upcoming year is the 50th anniversary of the invention of dungeons and dragons oh, which was cool. done in wisconsin by a wisconsin no uh, citizen and so the God wisconsin historical wisconsin. society uh-huh. is doing a whole thing about it like so he's so writing cool. a D module oh, that i play tested cool. and then i'm donating my books from high school nice for their museum display oh that's so cool yeah i love i didn't know it was a wisconsin invention yeah that's amazing dude so many people underestimate wisconsin i'll tell you this ben (laughs) is that my wife when she um when i was like hey i want to go to wisconsin and do this school program there for a year she's like no and i was like okay and then um i took the interview that I was given and didn't tell her that I interviewed. And later I was like, after the interview, I'm like, so I had an interview with the program. She's like, I thought this was off the table. Like we're not going to Wisconsin. <laughs> and then, uh, then I was official. We're going to Wisconsin. 
And then she like, she like, God bless her. She, she cried herself to sleep for a few nights. Cause she's like, I don't want to leave my parents. I don't want to leave Virginia. I don't want to go to friggin' Wisconsin. And, um, and by the time, and she's like, that's the worst accent out of all the American accents and all these <laughs> rude things to say about Wisconsin. But eventually after being there a year, we were like looking for jobs there. Um, because we loved it there. It was such a fun place to be. I kind of don't mind it being a little bit of uh, an underrated state. Totally. Yeah, it keeps yeah. the keeps the Californians out, am I right? No. But that's I mean, that's the problem with Boise. You know, when I originally when Robbie came on, I was like, "Tell me about how great Boise is." He's like, "No." Because uh, you know, it kind of keeps some people at bay. But uh, you know what's funny? You um before we go into our break and whatever. Yeah. You uh, sent a photo of some scotches independent bottle no somewhere independent i think but somewhere like um campbell towns and stuff like that yep. Yep. um and i was like i know where that is <laughs> and that's the steves i used to work at on university Avenue. You, you worked at the university Avenue one i wasn't yep. sure which one you worked at yep. yeah i forget what my manager's name was uh but he's got like the parted hair if you've ever seen him he's mm -hmm. a tall guy parted hair that was he was awesome great people there and yeah. one of the best things was when i worked i worked there probably eight nine or ten months out of the year that we lived there and um by the time it was christmas they handed out an antique collection bottle to pretty much all the employees and i got a, a stag crazy. it was amazing it was like the best i mean we all paid for it but yeah, it was yeah. like hey yeah. here's your here's your you and it was like 100 I mean, bucks yeah for people who are like excited to get the allocated and upset that yeah. they can't get the allocated I totally buy into that. I mean, you, you okay. got employees have been working hard and, and mm -hmm. helping the organization, give them a little access. That's cool. totally, especially if, like, cause like, well, that's the thing too, is like, we were all well-versed in certain things. Maybe not all of us were well-versed in wine, uh, but I was very well-versed in whiskey at the time. And, um, and like, it was just a good time working there. Cause like when people, and people would talk to the manager and be like, Hey, Cole recommended me this amazing whiskey. And, and the guy that, you know, hired me was like, yeah, I could see his experience already and, you know, all those things, but it was nice. It was a great place to work. Shout out to yeah. Steve's University Avenue, Madison, Wisconsin. Absolutely. Yeah. But I thought it was funny. It was like the smallest snippet of a photo. I was like, I know where that is. And I know what's you, you, it's facing you, north. <laughs> you, and you knew the price tag and what it looked yeah. like. And yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That was it too. Yeah. I was like, that definitely looks like a Steve's price tag. So that's great. Well, now that we've talked a good amount, which I love, uh, let's head over to our next segment of the show. We like to call break, and then we'll get into the history. We're drinking today, Dalmore 18. Uh, we believe it's the 2019 uh, release, but we're going to risk it and hope it's that because uh, we don't know exactly. Because they don't put it on the freaking bottle. Come on, Dalmore. But we have really fun history today because it's not just Dalmore history. It's, uh, you know what? I'll leave it to to the imagination. So what we're good. Gonna talk about so today. good. So uh, we'll send it a break and we'll be right back. And we're back. I, I forgot how good Glenmore and G um, 18 is. It's like honey. Mm. Refreshing. Uh, notes to get to this week i got none happy halloween tomorrow <laughs> um so we're drinking dalmore 18 like i just said this is our second episode on a dalmore product 
Uh, episode 196, we drank Dalmore King Alexander III. Uh, now, King Alexander III release had no age statement like the one we're drinking today, which has an age statement. Unlike, rather. Uh, but it has some crazy. It had some crazy finishes. Uh, it had ex-bourbon barrels, Matusalem Oloroso sherry butts, port pipes, Madeira barrels, Ma- Marsala casks, and casks that aged Cabernet Sauvignon. Not the case today, or at least not as crazy today. Downmore 18 isn't as interested as in crazy finishes, but we do have a great age statement on it. And it's a little higher in proof, but we'll get to that. Uh, but since we covered some Downmore history on episode 196, let's talk about someone associated with Downmore, the legend, the Richard Patterson, the master blender of Downmore. So that's what the history is going to be about today, a person. Uh, so Richard Patterson, O-B-E, and OBE stands for Officer of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire. You know, skipped a few words in the and acronym. What, yeah, well well deserved. Get on with it, man. It's, oh, he's 100%. Awesome. <laughs> so apparently there's CBE, which is a commander in the whatever Most Excellent Order of the British Empire. It's all kind of like steps to get to knighthood, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. he's mm-hmm. like a level or two below Sir. Two levels be- below Sir, yeah. which, I, yeah. yeah, like, I didn't know. I thought you were just like Sir, you know? Like, like the, the Queen's like, I like this guy. So, uh, but maybe I have a feeling he will be knighted before he dies. But anyway. Do you think that there's a Queen, actually, you did a little chopping motion. Does she do the whole sword thing? You got to turn the sword sideways so you don't chop. But yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I would imagine so. Yeah. Maybe. No, that's totally well, how they I, knight people. King Charles, I, I would be worried that he would chop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, would, he, he seems would a little go. iffy. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably, yeah. He's, I, I see like uh, caricatures of him and they're never flattering. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Directly offended anybody who's really into the yes. British royalty or potentially Scottish and they're into the British world from Scotland. Mm. Maybe Richard Patterson's listening. And we love it if you are. <laughs> I'll like try to, I'll like tag him a bunch of times or something like that. But anyway, he's been working for Dalmore for uh, 57 years. Uh, the Highland Scotch Distillery in the Northern Highland region of Scotland, not in the typical Speyside area, like the kind of the Northeast portion. He's in the Northwest upper portion, uh, or at least Dalmore is. Uh, and yeah, 57 years. That's a long time. He started when he was 17 years old. Uh, and the distillery has been at it for 180 years uh, plus. And so he's been he's been there for almost a third of their, their That's history. Crazy. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. For, for a but, long storied thing to have that guy for that long. That's great. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. And and he's like worked around like he so what I what I do have to say is that um um Oh, well, I'll get to that in a moment. But I've seen some like things saying that like Richard Patterson was is the reason Downmore is a recognizable brand um, because he's he's very much a charismatic kind of guy, like very much about marketing and stuff like that. Hey, Funny. that's the name of the co-host. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, really put it on the map. His nickname is literally the nose. <laughs> <laughs> which i think is great and it's pretty widely known that he is the most experienced master blender in the game of scotch um he technically works for as opposed to downmore he and has worked for white and mckay which is basically like a, a larger company with a portfolio of whiskeys but one of them is downmore jura is under there uh shackleton which we drank on the podcast is under there 
uh, and a, and a many more, but but he's their like master blender for that whole thing. Sure. Uh, recently, he picked up a side gig actually, uh, and he's staying on with Dalmorm. Uh, but he's picked up as the master blender as well at Wolf Craig Distillery, which I also believe is in that northern section. I actually believe it's not too far from. Um, if I'm thinking of the right one, I'm pretty sure it's pretty close to like uh, where you where you jump over the over the you know the the ocean to get to uh, Highland Park. Okay. I think he's on the the lower end of that, or at least Wolf Craig is. Uh, and they're an independent distillery, uh, not owned by White and McKay. Anyway, uh, here's what I love most about Richard Patterson. And if you watch any YouTube video of him, you'd likely agree with me. But he's like an absolute goofball. But he yes. like takes he, he, he doesn't take himself serious, but he but pretends to take himself seriously. He's surrounded definitely by his reputation and his big status in the whiskey world. Uh, but he is so funny and just the, the perfect amount of don't take yourself seriously. Uh, he's known to pour a very fancy glass of scotch and then just toss the the liquid on the floor. Uh, does it all the time. And then sometimes he'll do it twice. Like he'll be like, ah, it's not ready. Got to clean the glass a little more. <laughs> and uh, he'd be, he, he'll be like super serious and he'll be drinking, you know, in the video or about drinking and, and tasting and enjoying whiskey. And then he'll just be like, pour. And like, you won't even know it. Like, did you just throw it on the ground? And he's like, yeah, it's empty glass. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. And I watched a few videos today and laughed just out loud by myself watching him. And the funniest part to me is he'll be in multiple videos. He does this. He's like, he's like, you got, he's usually got a stemmed Glencairn type glass. And he's like, he's like, you hold it from the, the stem. You don't hold it from the, the bulb. You don't hold it under the bulb. And if you hold it under the bulb and start stiffening and he pauses for a moment, he's like, I will kill you. <laughs> he says that multiple <laughs> times. He's like, I like just like deadpan. I will kill you. And uh, and then he'll be like he'll 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 hold the the glass to his nose and go, hello, how are you? Quite well, thank you very much. And like that's the way <laughs> that's, he like speaks. That's to the my whiskey. favorite. He does it so fast. Like hello, how are you? Very well. Like for asking, yeah. it's just so good. <laughs> He's such a goofball, but it's so funny because you get this guy who's like this absolute legend in Scotland, and like just. Everyone knows his name in the in the in the uh, Scotch world. Well, it just especially it, like, out demystifies there. it all, right? I mean, it, because mm -hmm. it's you know Scotch is like the hoity-toityest of the brown yeah, liquors, totally. and you know, let's mm -hmm. go to Bordeaux in France or Napa Valley mm -hmm. in California, and let's all get snooty and stuffy. And for him yeah. to just puncture himself and the industry <laughs> is so welcoming. Oh, totally. And the funny thing is, is being a master blender is really hard work. Like not only are you dealing with like tasting and blending and stuff, like you're dealing with sourcing and, and taking care of the the barrels that you're getting, making sure you're getting the right kind of barrels, like all this kind of stuff is like no joke. But then well, yeah, I think I love back it. to you the just... to the conversation that you had with the Found North guy, yeah. where it's mm -hmm. like oh blending, you know, yeah. obviously he had a good palate and his his brother had a good palate and mm -hmm. they they had a vision, but yeah. it's, they they found the hard way. It's so hard it's no to joke. get there, right? Mm hmm. 100%. And that's like what's so cool is like, I mean, that shows when you're in the business for 57 years or whatever. So anyway, all I can say is if you haven't watched a YouTube video of Richard Patterson, and that's Patterson yep. with one T, uh, please do it and you won't regret it. Uh, he's 74 years old today. And he says retirement is not in my vocabulary. So keep keep going, Richard Patterson. We love you. Uh, so cheers to him uh, today. We're drinking a Dalmore product. 
Uh, we're drinking down. We're 18. And we're assuming this is the 2019 release. What a beautiful bottle. It is actually a nice looking yeah, bottle with that stag bottle. on it. And we talked yeah. about it last time that the stag represents this uh, like deer that like charged at King Alexander the third and this homeboy that was like in the line of the Dalmore, whatever, uh, like came after the, the deer and like took him out. So it didn't hurt the King. And so that's kind of cool. That's why the, the stag with one G is on the um, bottle. So, yeah. So we talked about Richard Patterson and how his role was master blender. Uh, does that mean Dalmore 18 is a blended scotch? No, it's a little tricky of a term, uh, but blended scotch versus like single malt scotch can be somewhat confusing. Uh, similar to American whiskey, almost all of whiskey is a blend of barrels. But does that mean uh, it's a blended, you know, whiskey or something? No. Uh, in Scotland, blended scotch mostly means that there's multiple distilleries involved. Uh, for example, single malt means that there's one single distillery and a few other rules. Uh, but we won't get into that. But it means all the juice was from the same distillery. And uh, Dalmore 18 is a single malt scotch. So everything came from Dalmore in this case. Yep. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's a yearly release. Uh, and it's always 86 proof, 43% alcohol by volume. Uh, so it's low on the proofage. Uh, but every year they do different, um, slightly different finishes. But nothing as crazy as we'd see for like King Alexander III. Do you want me to uh, read what's on the back of the bottle? Please. Yeah, that'd be great, actually. So, uh, matured initially for 14 years in American white oak ex-bourbon casks. Nice. Okay. This whiskey is then transferred to 30-year-old Methuselah Oloroso mm -hmm. Sherry Butts for a further four years. So, it's a 18-year? Okay, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. It but is it's, literally but four years matured um, yeah. after um, 14 in ex-bourbon. Nice. So, it's it's... I think a, a really um, sweet spot for scotch is like 18 years. I mean, heck, this Glen Moringy is killing me right now. It's so good. <laughs> so um, what do you... Oh, uh, the total wine price is around 250 I think so. I got it a little bit better than that because I got it at nice. Woodman's in like 2019. Oh, nice. so. Yeah, the, the grocery store one. I miss Woodman's. Talk Here about a cheese aisle or two. Did you, you know, Ben? Yes, go for it. Oh, very, very loud. I dig it. Um, did you know, Ben, that outside of Wisconsin, cheese aisles are not full aisles? <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. I have been it outside is. of Wisconsin, and I'm like, what, this little four-foot section, that's all your cheese? And they're, like, proud of it. They're like, look at all this cheese we got. I'm like, well, you like don't know cheese, There's, 40 feet on both sides. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I miss Wisconsin. <laughs> What's that place um, right near Steve's? There's a, there's a, um, it's right near the Target. Um, there's a grocery store there. Uh, yeah, Metcalf's. Metcalf's. Yeah. Okay. And Metcalf's would have, um, they would have not only like a huge cheese aisle, if not more than one, um, they would have like an ice cream aisle that like rivaled like a normal aisle. Like, cause like, yeah, where I'm at is like ice cream takes up a quarter of an aisle in Virginia, yeah. but yeah, out no, in Wisconsin, the dairy they state, take their man. dairy seriously. Yeah. Very seriously. Yeah. And it's great. And they need to be proud of that. It's like, it's like Idaho. It's like, you gotta be proud of potatoes cause they do it Absolutely. right out there. Yeah. I so. can't, we, we don't have potatoes for crap. We need to get, mm -hmm. Robbie stuff in here. Yeah. So 
Um, oh, it smells so good. Okay, so having gone from Glen Morangy to this, mm. this has got a little more depth. It's got a little more. The other one, like Glen Morangy, was almost refreshing. Uh, this one's darker, but still really sweet so far. Yeah, I mean, just on on the look alone, I mean, it's a mm -hmm. you know red terracotta tile color, mm, um, but it's it's got that almost like not even like stone fruit. It's like dates or something. It's very mm -hmm. kind of dense fruitiness to it. I'm getting um, crushed blueberries a little bit like hmm. i mean like blueberries make sense as it is but like almost as if that like aroma's there and it's like just fresh crushed or like i don't know blueberry juice or something like that i don't know i can get behind that i i always try and identify kind of what's the vibe on the sweet as well mm -hmm. and just on the nose it's almost like a little mapley it's just mm -hmm. like yeah the, everything has just a little bit of extra complexity to it right it's mm -hmm. not a sugary it's it's a sugary plus i like that because i was thinking like it uh, brown sugar doesn't fit this so much uh honey doesn't fit this so much but also white sugar doesn't also like it's closer you're getting closer to it but but i think maple syrup is actually the the best way to frame this sugar level or like sweetness um uh, Oh, it smells so good. Oh. So I went in for a sip. Mm -hmm. And man, mm. for, it is just mm. popping for me. It is, I'm getting like orange oil Ooh. and and a return to those dates. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's not quite prune level. There, there's something still kind of brighter and sugarier about it. Yeah. I'm getting... So, you know, when you say like dark berries, you don't always mm -hmm. think of like, I usually think of like blackberries and raspberries. This isn't so much in that realm. I still get blueberries a little bit, uh, but it eventually it complexified into a little bit of leatheriness and then kind of finished with a nice sweet sugariness at the end. Yeah. And it's the, I'm, I'm totally behind that because on the finish for me, it's starting to get it's it's that oakiness that isn't quite tannic, but yep. it's it's kind of bringing that it it's it's there right, and I think mm -hmm. that leather is one of those ways that that comes out. Yeah, really a bit of um, cigar leaf like tobacco leaf. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can get behind that hundred percent. Um, yeah, like pre-smoked. Yeah, uh, tobacco for yeah, and um this yeah it's got um it wouldn't call it in, in any way peated uh, but there is a little tingle to the mm -hmm. tongue with it little um, tang yeah i'll tell you the 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 reason i bought this bottle mm -hmm. um is that i went out to the best steak joint in madison nice where's that it's rare it's right up on the capitol oh, uh, i, I think it's the best and I was looking for something that would be able to stand up to a nice steak. Yeah, and yeah. so I figured an 18 year old scotch would do that. And totally. man, I, I fell in love with it at that dinner. So this would be, um, you know, that, that kind of sweet little tang compliment to this rich seared yeah. charcoal -y 
you know, uh, all of the kind of umami flavors of beef. Mm. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just such totally. a great contrast. I find this somewhere between like Glenn, something like uh, Glenn Fittick, maybe even um, Balvany. No, I'm going to take Balvany out of the equation. Let's say Glenn Fittick. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Take uh -huh. Balvany out of the equation. That's take just, it out of there. Take it out. It's just, it's just <laughs> absurd. Yeah. Um, but right between Glenn Fittick and the 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 uh, crispness you can get from a Glenn Fittick and the depth you can get from a Glenn Dronick, it's right between the two. Like you're mm -hmm. getting depth here, but not too much. But it's also like almost refreshing. But it's I wouldn't call it 100 refreshing, especially compared to the Glenn Morangy. Um, but yes, it's kind of between the two. If you're interested in buying a bottle yourself, if you like those two, maybe in the middle is perfect for you. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of Glenfiddich. I do like the Glendronic. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, I love Glendronic. Let's talk yeah. about a depth. Talk about a, um, a raisins and plums and um, like dark sherry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things I like about this is that out of an 18 year with four years of it being sherry, they didn't like overdo it, right? It, mm -hmm. You know, they kind of did what they, the amount they needed to get the effect they needed. So totally. That's a really good point. Uh, wait, I just dropped drops of water and I don't think I've sipped it yet. Kind of the same notes. Um, a little lighter, which makes sense, but sometimes that's not always the case. A uh, little more white sugar. I'm not getting as much maple syrup on the nose, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think I got it on the prior nose either. I think I got it more on the palate. Um, I'm getting a little bit of the leather on the nose. Mm -hmm. What's interesting for such a low proof whiskey, yeah. relatively speaking, mm -hmm. on both the neat and the water, I've been catching some vapor, which, mm -hmm. you know, not a lot, but it's, you know, I'm used to drinking 120, 130 yeah. proof things and that there's any vapor at all is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, yeah, great. Great uh, water palette as well. I am getting a little bit of raisins from the water pour, but barely. Uh, yeah, I, I'm getting a little bit more of not quite peat, but something tingly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, uh, after kind of finally getting the finish of it, I don't prefer it to the neat pour, but it's still good. Mm -hmm. There's nothing mm -hmm. bad about it. Mm -mm. Just Again, with what is this, 86? Yeah, um, 86. So pretty it, low. it doesn't take a lot to knock it down. Yeah. But let's see what ice does to it. Give it the old, the old spin, Jay. Make the whiskey dizzy. Mm-hmm. As it should see, be. See, I have the privilege of the bottle, so I can over-serve myself. Yeah. I, I mean, heck, I still have this much left, so I might even just finish it with the uh, Whiskey World News. Huh. Okay, let me smell that again. It's really muted on the nose with ice to me. Um, yeah. It kind of just knocks down to the the peat low-level effect for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is colder. Weird. I can feel for that you. in my hand. I'm, well, I I'm going right. against the Patterson um, recommendation. Yeah. I'm holding it by the bulb. Yeah. So. He will kill you now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. 
Yeah, he's got <laughs> a good run. Talk about. I had a good run. Yeah. Oh well. When he uh, <laughs> when he dies, he will haunt you. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. Haunted by the ghost of Richard Patterson. Uh that I would. That I would be that sign bad. up for that in a heartbeat. Yeah, it exactly. would be so good. Mm. That would be great for parties. <laughs> I would just have parties to bring them out. Yeah. <laughs> just summon Richard Patterson. <laughs> wow. For me, like good. raisins popped in. Yeah. Strong. Surprisingly much more. Yeah. This is becoming much more of like a sherry finished scotch, even though it's always has been. Yeah. Um, this is definitely the weird thing is that the water brings it out. And you know what the funny thing is, is that Richard Patterson is all about dilution. Um, like he's not afraid to throw a little water in, um, in some scotch. Like he's not about like, you got to drink it at the proof it was bottled at. And he's like, yeah, whatever works. So do, I'm sure he would do love you this. Do, uh, do you know, I mean, do they do anything that's cast strength or, or higher proof? Mm. We've talked about this Dalmore before, right? Or Where, like scotch. Dalmore, right? I don't know, actually. <laughs> it, I don't it's, think so. but, you know, it's it, we've talked about this before where it's like, is it the American palate prefers higher proof, mm -hmm. you know, and, and Just, a lot of scotch has like, been like engineered to be good mm -hmm. in the 80 to 86. Totally. Range. Yeah. Um, but it's so like we were talking about um, Bunahabin before totally. Bunahabin 12 cast strength. Mm. I just polished up a bottle of that earlier this week. Oh, good. It, Love Bunahabin. It's almost like too much oh it's is almost it? over the top for me like mm. the lower proof stuff on bunahavan i'm like okay that's that's a nice sweet spot yeah and that's the crazy thing about scotch and and i think some of the american ways that are like very proud of things that are macho especially because whiskey is not not intentionally but is taken a lot more by men than women I think a lot of these men are like, well, I'm drinking something hot. I'm drinking something like I'm drinking hard liquor. I might as well make it extra hard. There's a little uh, bit of an a, a, like overlap or after effect of like, let's get effed up, man. You know, and it's, it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, it's more like party drinking than appreciation drinking. Yeah, hundred percent. So I'm looking into downward cast strength, and I'm not seeing. I'm seeing like independent bottlings that were cast strength, but right, not, right. Yeah. Well, I'm pleased to know that they do some independent balance. Maybe I'll keep my mm. eye open for it, right? Yeah, I see a signatory 28 year. Holy crap. <laughs> I, that's affordable. Yeah. Let's see. Uh well, it's only 550, actually. Okay. Which is well, for a 28 year cast strength Dalmore, that's yeah. almost reasonable. Yeah. Like I would buy that uh, before I bought another um Yamazaki 18, I'll tell you that. Well, there's that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not mad, but I'm a little mad. <laughs> yeah. I'm not mad. I'm beautiful. disappointed. Get yes. used to that phrase as your children grow. <laughs> <laughs> so I took your advice, Ben, and I started yeah. encouraging uh, my daughter uh, to, you know, like, like saying, "Hey, tell me about um, Nolan," and and I'll, you know, dig into that. And it turns out that uh, no names involved. But yeah, <laughs> yesterday we get a call. <laughs> from um the teacher and said they said hey we can't say names um uh, but beck has uh hit with a block another kid we imagine on the head 
uh, with a block and broke the skin and left a big bruise. Oh my! And um, so that's a little concerning. You know, at first yeah. you're like, "Oh crap!" Like, like, like Beck could get kicked out of the school if she keeps that kind of attitude up. Which we we've never seen any of that from her. Yeah. So that's yeah. the good news. Is like she doesn't have a history of this or like a tendency to do this. But we we bring her home and we have a you know heart to heart with her. Um, and she goes, uh, "I hit Nolan on the head." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm like, this Just is what I get for being nice yeah. to Nolan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, we don't know if it's Nolan. We don't know if it was, uh, you know. And but they, they weren't able. They, they like did not. They don't disclose that kind of. They don't yeah. disclose who yeah. she hit or whatever. But um, it might have been Nolan, but it might not have been. Um, but I uh, thought that was funny. After I start accepting what? Nolan into the fold, speech. how old? How old is she now? She's not even two and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's at that age. Oh, you can't expect it's, yeah. it's so hard to like mix up, to unpack like friendship and aggression and love mm-hmm. and hugs and yeah. And like giving my toy back. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it's that's doesn't seem terribly concerning to me. No. Yeah. And like even her teacher was like, not, not like, you know, accepting what was going on, but be like, Hey, don't beat yourself up. Like she's been such a good girl otherwise. And like, even they like made up and they've hugged and pretended nothing happened afterwards. And so that was good. But, um, but yes, I took your advice and I started encouraging the idea of her being a good friend with this Nolan kid. So that's, I, it pays dividends, man. It totally pays yeah. dividends. No, I imagine it will. Yeah. So I needed to hear that. So good. Um, good ice pour. I don't, I don't know if it beats the neat pour, but it's not bad. Uh, definitely, definitely a little more raisins, a little more of that sherry shows up. Uh, darker sherry shows up. So I dig it. Um, any other thoughts before we give a rating? Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I think my favorite's the the neat pour. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go back to the neat pour because it, you know, the the ice pour for me kind of made it a little more singular. There was more complexity with the. That's neat a good pour. point with the leather and stuff. We didn't get that yeah. on later thing. Um, but I, okay, I, you know, for I, I have a rating in mind, um, uh-huh. and it's. You know, I don't know how much of it is tied up in because this uh, whiskey that came early in my whiskey journey yeah. came with a great meal at a great steakhouse. And so I'm sure there's a lot of kind of echoes of those things going on. Yeah. Um, I'm like I'm like 9.0 on the nose. For me, it's Hubba nice. the What. It's not okay. um, it's not extra, but it's mm. also not sub. It's just yeah. right smack on the on the nose. Yeah. I I'm a little less, but not my not by far much at all, only because this this leaves me wanting a little bit more um so i'm gonna go 8.8 here so very good very good um i am i really like the complexity that shows up with the like that leather note that tobacco note um it's a great it's great pour Um, i I would have figured you for like an 8.852 it's just 8.8 8.800 maybe zero one but we're gonna round down all right yeah that's 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 fair yeah yeah i think this is i just i i would love to try it at 90 proof or like 95 proof yeah i was gonna ask like what's the more and i mean the obvious answer is 
give it a little more proof. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the King Alexander the third is kind of the version of more there is let's throw some more complexity into it yeah. with some extra uh, finishes and such. But um, then again, King Alexander the third is only 80 proof. So minimum. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that, that's why I'm just starting to get into independent bottlers and, oh, and, and it's good it's, land. Yeah. So it's, it's just like, I'm figuring out what I, what I like, right. A, mm-hmm. a distillery that I know at cast strength yeah. is like that. That's the Insta buy. You know, if yeah. I don't already have one like that, I had a Mortlock that was phenomenal. I want to oh. go back and try and get another, um, but it's, it's yeah, just, I want a little bit extra oomph. Let's take me over, over the edge from the, uh, I don't know, this, this, traditional scotch low proof stuff man totally did i i, I think i've told you about this moss burn i got from literally my father-in-law got yeah, it in yeah. scotland altmore yeah. uh barrel cast strength single cast distilled in t- 2009 aged 12 years uh cognac uh barrel and uh 63.7 percent alcohol by volume nice nice and uh it is this is what this is what I desire from Dalmore right now is like yeah. just a little more oomph. I don't need it to be cast strength, but like this. <laughs> oh, Ben, remind well, me if if I'm ever gonna like send you other things, which I imagine I will be, and yeah. uh, and I bring it up. Hey, I'm gonna send you this. Send, yeah. Say send the Mossberg because yeah. um, the courier would love to bring you some of this. Well, the 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 cognac finish I've had with other whiskeys, and what's so lovely about it is that it bring some of that sweet mm-hmm. without the kind of punch in the nose that a sherry cask brings. Totally. It's yeah. just, it's a lighter touch. It's, it just adds a little dimension oak. to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which French oak can be risky, especially with a bourbon to me, French oak, mm-hmm. or even like, like a French whiskey so far. I haven't been like blown away by French whiskey, yeah. but I really appreciate that they're trying and I encourage it, them to keep trying. Is it Maker's Mark 46? Is that done in French oak? Yeah, it's French oak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like, it's fine. Yeah. It's not my I don't, favorite. Yeah, I don't prefer it to like their standard or their cast strength. Yeah. But they also do a 46 cast strength, which is cool, but I still love the. Yeah, that was better. Chardot. That was better. Yeah. Mm-hmm, totally. And like Maker's cask is like amazing. My, for my the buddy that, especially I've, I've told you before about my he's also the wisconsin history guy oh, cool. um i've been like bringing him along on whiskeys and uh-huh. i find one that i like and i try and kind of push him a little bit further and yeah. so the maker's mark he was like man the maker's mark it just doesn't have any nose there's that nothing here all right mm-hmm. and i bought two of the special casks with the staves yeah uh-huh. and and like radically different stave profiles like there was cool. one that was four all the way to the left and there was one that was kind of evenly distributed it was so mm. cool to walk him through those two yeah. and have him like notice the the differences it was really fun. yeah no i love that and it's i i brought this up last episode with with brian but um that was also one of my proudest moments of my proudest moment was with uh the second round of oh, dude. um dude that was epic i was epic. so happy and i knew oh, it like God. i wasn't even doubting like i was like no that's makers cast i mean that's makers uh barrel finishing series like i know it like i can i just know it and you know what yeah. the funniest thing is i think i mentioned this on the podcast i've never had one yet <laughs> but i knew i knew it was makers juice 
and I knew it was funky. And so yeah. with those two things combined, I was like, it has to be one of the Barrett finishing series. And I've had it since. Yeah, and, and like you but, lost like, a point thing, yeah. because you didn't get exactly which version yeah. or edition or whatever. But yeah, but I still was, killed it. Oh, killed so it. Proud it was so good. Ah, so anyway. Um, yeah, I just poured the Mossberry B. Altmore. Um, and it's just so <laughs> much richer. And that's the thing. I wouldn't call Dalmore 18 velvety. But no. like a good scotch, like a really depthful yeah. scotch can be velvety. Whether it's sherry finished or not can be velvety. And I love velvety notes on single malt. And downward didn't didn't hit it. And I guess that's why I'm I'm mostly leaving a little more to be wanted and giving it 8.8. So still good. Still very good. So um I'm like an eternal optimist and and I'm always a sunshiny guy. So mm-hmm. I, I think the two that we've reviewed reviewed together i'm mm. about 0.2 above you so i think yeah. that's the that's the trend yeah, just, is like yeah exactly a little sunshinier yeah <laughs> i like it i love it oh this altmore is good this mossberg um and since i said altmore mossberg at the same time i think it might be time for our next step of the show that we like to call whiskey world news all right <laughs> All right, Whiskey World News. Uh, we're going to read an article. Didn't write it. Going to read it. Here it goes. There is a series uh, of articles this week on celebrities rolling nice. out new whiskeys. Uh, so it. this article I'm going to read is from USA Today. The author is Gabe Quarry. I'm not going to spell it for you. Um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia nice. stars launch new whiskey. The Love stars it. of FX's It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia say their new whiskey, Four Walls, is a tribute to the bars and how they've shaped our culture. Let me guess, uh, it's they... Irish. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, they came <laughs> to create something their characters would be happy to serve at Patty's nice. Pub. I love uh, it. A new whiskey. Their new Irish-American whiskey called Ooh, Four Walls both. is now a variable, uh, available nationwide. America. Spirit is uh, headed for bars everywhere. and can also be ordered online. So it's a 80 proof spirit. It's available for 35 bucks and it's made in tribute to the four walls. The gang calls home the bar. The other article that came out um, almost at the same time, Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, (laughs) announced his new whiskey, which is actually a legit Irish whiskey made in Ireland. Um, uh, and and it expresses his love of Irish culture, which I did not know he had. Isn't he uh, like French? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But apparently, but, you know. But who doesn't love a good Irish whiskey? Am I right? right. Always and, sunny know, in they, Philadelphia. There was a whiskey that was in development, and he jumped in as an investor or something. And anyways, the spokesperson. Well, at least so, he didn't hop in on a French whiskey yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. So I have opinions, Cole. I'm wondering uh-huh. what you're thinking about this whole celebrity whiskey thing yeah well first of all i love always sunny in philadelphia and i too am a philadelphian (laughs) if i were a celebrity and i was gonna make my own whiskey though it would have to be a killer killer irish whiskey to take it you know like it would have to be like you know like red breast status or like uh i mean there's a few irish brands that i love like uh powers john's lane uh release and like even like jmo 18 i can get behind jmo vintage oh my goodness um 
but like it would need to be like top tier and and i prefer a good single pot still uh, but not everything can be that in fact it, you know the always sunny in philadelphia guys definitely didn't even do anything of that they blended what did they say what they blended the american like what the american blend was no it, it's it's not blended i think it's an american whiskey done in the irish style oh i dig that okay cool yeah. that's pretty cool um, i I bet you it was like single pot still in that case, or at least like a blend sort of yeah. like that because yeah, but I mean, but it's malt. so the the they had done a higher end like two or three hundred dollar bottle as a special release for uh, fundraising oh, really? during COVID. So they were like, that. let's let's raise money for some people who need it, and mm-hmm. then they decided, wow, that was really well received. Let's do something. And so this thirty five dollar price point. I'll read from the article again. After our higher end releases, it was important for us to make a whiskey priced that all of our fans could try and that bartenders would want to use in everyday drinks. Nice. Um, And that's, that's great for bringing power to the people. You know, my own opinion, I'm just getting a little tired of Uh celebrities attaching themselves to somebody else's juice. It's not like they got inspired and they really into whiskey. And then five years later, after the people they've been partnering with, they've been producing their own stuff. Yeah. You know, there's, there's somebody that's already got something going or they're going and buying MGP juice or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I'm just tired, man. I'm just tired. But let's give them some credit that they probably didn't get MGP juice for this stuff. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, I, it, I get the vibe that this was like in the works mm-hmm. for a while and they jumped on, but it, yeah. it's, you know, the, uh, the other uh, kind of stories that I've been seeing are about a more mm-hmm. contract distillers ramping up yeah. um, and not everybody gets good stuff. And so yeah. the, the $35 bottle that can be used in a nice Irish coffee mm. is not going to be get me as excited as the stuff that you were talking about. Right. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. you, if you were to do it, you wouldn't want to do a, you know, a more of a red breast 12 kind of thing. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. No, I'm with you, and and it's the funny thing. It seems f- not forced, but but uh, sped up with some of these uh, celebrity ones. Like you can tell, like some of them aren't ready to like put a solid age statement on their product. Like I saw yeah. recently at uh, the ABC store, I saw the uh, Alan Jackson uh, whiskey. I think it was a bourbon, uh, but it's like fifty some dollars or more, and it's like. No age statement. Don't even know where it's from. Any of that stuff. But it's like, do I want to try it? Well, I do love Alan Jackson, uh, but do I <laughs> want doesn't? to spend that much and risk it on a on a bottle that I could tell wasn't super invested in? Probably not. Yeah. Well, and so I'm probably being a, being a little unfair because I start to associate it with all of the startup brands mm-hmm. that are buying contract distilled bourbon mm-hmm. and putting a cool label on it and getting yeah. a good story around it. Um, you know, blue run and, and maybe it's not as great down the road. Right. And because they run out of their connections. Um, so I, obviously I'm not buying the $35 Irish American whiskey. I'm trying more things that are sippers. So God Mm -hmm. bless, but that's not my jam. I'll tell you this. I would try it at a bar because I got to know what an American or Irish style American whiskey tastes like. I just got to see if it's close to like something like red breast or I, I bet it's like a lot like JMO, maybe even, maybe even like more watered down than JMO, but I don't hate on JMO. I could drink JMO. I would drink JMO over Jack any day. Yeah. 
So, no, I like that. Good article. Um, we do have results uh, from Ooh. last week's What Whiskey Would You Choose? Uh, so I'm going to get to that real quick. And Was it one of mine or somebody else's? I think it's yours. Oh. Yeah, I, I think it's so yours. I get to find out if I'm a winner? Yeah, a exactly. Winner? And I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know yet. He's making uh, the numbers up as he flies. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever uh, the so, question was, Cole yeah. won 75 to 25. Uh, I think you won actually. Yeah, you did win. Uh, which accessible forty dollar, forty to sixty dollar whiskey would you choose for a beginner who has expressed interest in going deeper into the whole whiskey thing? All right, I recall uh, I, said, I said, "Yep," and I said, four rows of small batch select," and it was thirty nine to sixty one in favor of um, rare breed. So well done, I, Ben. Yeah, that seems like a real vote of confidence for Ben Klepsig as a host. Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> add that to your points. Um, so we got. Um, we got results from what people chose and Marco and AZ said green spot, red breast, four bows of small batch select as well. Sourced from my wife. Sourced from my wife. I don't know. I would take any whiskey sourced from my wife. Absolutely. Uh, So we got a few of this next answer. Uh, Low class high proofs response was Baker's seven year. Um, Low. And he also said Russell's uh, single barrel bourbon. That is. Uh, and then uh, Embellish Pod also said Baker's seven year. And he says, except look for the ones with an eight year on the neck. Ooh, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Bro, ask a test for no Said uh, Nika from the barrel. Uh, it's oh, about yeah. $60. 60 to, solid, 60 to seven CAD, which is a Canadian dollar, uh, which is $61 about $61 at Woodman's. Yeah. Oh, nice. Is it easy to find out in Woodman's? Yeah. Really? I thought it was rare. I found one the other day, bought it because I was like, this is probably rare. But I don't see it much in Virginia. So, uh, Whiskey Drinking Panda, I believe Joey T. Uh, that's Old Forester 1910 or the Prideful Goat. Joey T, are you from Wisconsin? Isn't the Prideful Goat <laughs> from Wisconsin? A dancing goat is. I don't know. Dancing goat. Okay. I got to look up Prideful Goat then. Uh, Jason Preston said Elijah Craig small batch. True, true, true. Brian Rapp, Makers 46 or Makers 101. Oh, I like the 101. Fish and Sip, Sean Ciaro said Old Forester 1920 as opposed to yeah. 1910. God, that's, I almost picked that myself. It, 1920 mm. is a great intro. Like I have one of those on notes. my shelf. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And it's only like 55 bucks or something like yeah. that. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys bourbon or Cowboys bourbon. Yeah. Said, uh, most drinkers well pick rare breed, but keeping in mind, this is for beginner. Oh, he, I guess he responded to the first one. Most drinkers will pick rare breed, but for a beginner, he picked four roses, small batch. Okay. And then, uh, bourbon badger, uh, Caleb Olson said Rowan's Creek, which is a Willet or what is it? Uh, Kentucky bourbon distillers, uh, brand. So. It's been a while since I've had Rowan's Creek. But. Uh, ben, you have a what whiskey would you choose this week? I would love to hear it. So inspired by our experience with Delmar 18, I fell in love with that whiskey at a great steak joint. So nice. what whiskey do you really enjoy eating with a favorite meal? Mm-hmm. Could be steak, could be something else. But what whiskey would you choose to go with a great meal? 
So I'm going to stick with steak here because I do enjoy steak. And so that would be a great meal in my opinion. Um, but I typically go bourbon when I drink steak. Or okay. you know what I mean. I drink bourbon when I eat steak. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I'll blend it up, just drink it, <laughs> mix it with whiskey, and put it down. Um, but what would I? What would I drink? I don't want to go like Pappy Twelve or like a lot B or something like that because I do yeah. enjoy a lot B with. But I don't want to like flex that hard. Um, that would be a good. Yeah, know what? Eagle Rare. No. Straight up Buffalo Trace, I think goes well with a steak. You just can't go wrong. Enough sweetness, you know, enough uh, to work with that savoriness. Love it. Buffalo Trace. <clears throat> so, okay, you've inspired me to think a little broader because um, the uh, Dalmore 18 is what inspired this question, but that's yeah. a little frou frou yeah. uh, uh, on, uh, in terms of things that people can access. Um, so I would say like a really solid rye, like, uh, like an Ezra Brooks seven rye. I'll say nice. that Ezra Brooks seven rye, something that has a little bit of spice. A rye. Yeah. I mean, I, I love their seven bourbon, um, but the rye is kind of special too. Really? Yeah. When did they start doing rye? A couple of years ago, man. I see it at Total Wine in Madison. Huh, look at that. <laughs> and, wow. then Cole, and it's a 95 by rye. So I imagine it's probably uh because who does Ezra Brooks? Is that um that's uh what's it called? Um is that the Lux? Uh, yeah, I think it's Lux, which is owned by what is it? Um yeah, you're right, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Right, yeah. So um yeah, I'm gonna have to try that. Gonna have to try. Wait, wait, so, okay, okay, I like that, and that'll be a fair, fair battle when it comes to like you go the rye and like a decently aff affordable and more attainable probably yeah. than Buffalo Trace. So, um, I went to you're the gonna, liquor store. You're today. gonna walk all over me with that, but that's fine. Go ahead. I don't know. You never know. Some people think Buffalo Trace is overrated, but I was at the liquor store today, um, and saw. Uh, John Bowman single barrel on the shelf and I was like I should really? probably get some but I didn't because I don't have a lot of money right now <laughs> and then I also saw um, uh, Jack Daniels barrel proof rye single barrel on there and I was like because oh, you don't have any bottles of that yeah well that's that yeah I already have five <laughs> so I'm like I probably don't need it but then I've been thinking you know how I'm like saving yeah, a few bottles of bland and eagle rare for my child uh, well, for the other child, I'm like, well, all these barrels of single barrel rye from Jack Daniels would be dated so 2023. Yeah, yeah. And so when they turn 21, they'll have all these bottles from the year they were born. This my second child, Gray. So I'm like, that would be pretty cool. But then, you know, it's also really weird idea to hand your 21 year old cast strength rye that tastes like 150 <laughs> proof, even you if gotta it's like 130. Yeah. So I'll be like, yeah. hey. We won't drink it today, but you can have it. Yeah. <laughs> so the funny thing is, is that like, I will probably do more like, cause I already have a case of Eagle rare for each of them. I already have a case yeah. of Blanton's for Beck. And I was thinking, what if I just did the, yeah. Like the Jack Daniels for, for gray, <laughs> but the like they already have 12 bottles of peace down the road. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh man, you got the Blanton's. I want the little horsies. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, they're gonna be twenty-one and thinking about the horsies. I gotta see what how many um what letters are on the ones for but they're in a box somewhere I set it aside already. Yeah. But anyway. Did you ever are you gonna like for your cause when you have two daughters over twenty one now, do you share whiskey with them at all? Well, I have uh my son is twenty five, my daughter's twenty two. That's right. <laughs> you know, they're they're at, at, at kind of early stages of appreciating a nice drink. And yeah. so it's more, you know, kind of fruity vodka drinks or, yeah. you know, um, you know, a, a fruity beer or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're a ways away from that. It took me forever to appreciate brown liquor. Man. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm I, with you, I was a full ass grown adult before somebody poured me, a, uh, uh, what is it? The, uh, McAllen, um, Oh no, Johnny Walker Blue. I'm nice. like, oh yeah, this is I can I can appreciate brown liquor now. Yeah, um, especially Johnny. That Blue. was the, yeah, that was my that was my entry point on somebody else's expense nice. account. So uh-huh, totally. Um. So wait, okay, in Wisconsin there are a lot of interesting liquor laws. Did you ever introduce your children to uh, alcohol before they were 21? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the okay, the cool. thing with with my kids is. I wanted to demystify it totally. um, so that it wasn't like, ooh, this forbidden fruit. So yeah. if I would be drinking something. They'd say, hey, mm-hmm. can I have a sip? Give them a sip. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in Wisconsin and some people outside of Wisconsin may be surprised by this. We have yeah. a very strong, proud tradition of drinking culture. Absolutely. And so <laughs> as a parent, you can go mm-hmm. into a bar or a restaurant yep. with a child mm-hmm. who's underage. Order for your kid or even order your kid could kid. order for themselves. Yeah. And as long as the parent's there... Yeah. it becomes basically the bartender's decision yeah and mm-hmm. so you know it but i could order a beer or a mixed uh, drink or whatever for for oh. my kids um but i never really have had to because they yeah. tried my stuff and they're like oh yeah gross yeah and so you know they kind of like they don't that's not their jam they're not interested mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of what i think i will do as well because it is legal in your own household in virginia mm-hmm. as far as i remember um, you can't do it at a bar or anything like that or a liquor store but that was the crazy thing working at steve's is like if a kid a child walked up and said i want to purchase this and their parent was next to them and i could prove it was their parent and they uh had you know and they approved of it i could sell liquor to a child in wisconsin <laughs> crazy when, when i was a kid i was mm. i honestly I was probably six or seven years old my mm. brother and i who's three years older uh, we asked her dad if we could drink a beer. Yeah. And so he took, you know, this is the seventies. He took these kind of um, avocado colored coffee mugs and he poured half a Budweiser into each of our <laughs> mugs and let us sit on the back porch and drink a half a Budweiser. That's kind of cool it's, though. It's, I mean, it's cool and it's kind of the philosophy I've had, but it's, I think it's why to this day, I don't like Budweiser. Nice. It tasted terrible. Man. Oh yeah. It was so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I waited till I was 21 and I tasted I bought extra old cognac, uh, Hennessy XO, and I hated it. It was like paint thinner. And I was yeah. like, this is terrible. And but it was like even even 21, it was like and, and it was mystified to me. Like it was like, oh, check this out. You know, this yeah. crazy, you know, pour. And I was like, oh, I hate this. And I was like, I don't even know if I like liquor uh, or any like even even alcohol. Um, but I think it is somewhat healthy the hard thing is like when i lived in wisconsin some of my friends were um not anti-alcohol but they they didn't drink at all 
And I could tell that was in talking to them, it was because they had family members that had gone too far. So there's like a balance there of like, hey, you know, introduce them and and show. But there is like a very strong drinking culture in Wisconsin. Uh, All things in moderation. Yeah, you get a lot of people potentially on one spectrum, one end of the spectrum or the other. But the people in the middle are doing it right, you know, where it's like, hey, you know, like all things in moderation. And, uh, well, you know, and, you and know, alcoholism can has a genetic component. So just be, 100%. just be smart, be, be aware yep. of what your family history is. And that's me too. Like, my, uh, I have family history, not direct family history, but like grandparent style history, yeah. uh, where there's that. And I am very careful. And, yeah. and I've had friends, you know, I've had people in my life that have pushed it too far and I don't want to push it too far. And so I've set my boundaries yeah. and say, I don't need this. And some days, to be honest, man, some days I just look at a bottle. I'm like, it's just liquid. And, yeah. and sometimes that's sad to think about for a guy who's been hosting a podcast for over five years. But I enjoy it. I very much dig it. Um, that that, that like kind of reminds me of I don't when this. I was in college, um, I worked at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I would count up the receipts at the end of the night and go make the bank deposit. Mm-hmm. And so you're counting all of these 20s, 20s, 20s. And I would yeah. have a $20,000 deposit. And there'd be these totally. stacks of $20,000 in front of me. It's just green pieces of paper, man. It's yeah, not mine. It. It's not It's not mine to covet. And I, I, I kind of feel like that's the vibe with sometimes with whiskey. It's like, you know, yeah. no, that's just the thing. And when it's like, the right moment, I'll indulge. Yeah. Yeah, that's healthy. Well, I love it, Ben. Thanks for another great episode. Um, yeah. Let me think. Next week. Next week. Next week. Um, I told Starward that we will be drinking their stuff. The first episode back with the official podcast co-host. So uh, if that's you, Ben, I hope you'll enjoy this Starward. So did I tell you what Starward is? I, I know about Star Wars. Yeah. But, yeah. but for the group, let's elucidate. Yeah. So I think I mentioned it last episode, but um, it is an Australian single malt company that they do some crazy things. And Australian single malts are no joke. Like I've had like Sullivan's Cove and I've had some other stuff from, from Australia. They take their stuff seriously. And so I'm really excited to be able to do that. Uh, we have two pours from Star Wars. There's their Nova release. And then we have one of their single barrels. So Keep an eye out. We're going to make it amazing. So, And then the other thing is they accidentally sent me two of each bottle. So whoever the the (laughs) co-host is gets a full bottle or full two bottles. Um, So, um, yeah, big shout out to to Star Wars, uh, especially for those those dudes out in Australia killing it. So haven't even sipped it yet, but I know it's going to be good. So. Well, Ben, I I uh, hope you do really well. I hope you uh, kill it in the polls. Uh, but uh, I think you've done very well to begin with. So, uh, I hope that whoever the next host is has a ton of fun because it's yeah. a ton of fun. Yeah, and I'll tell you this, Ben. If you don't make it or Brian doesn't make it, you guys are going to be like the go-to. Uh, whoever it is is going to be the go-to like hit-up dude besides John Hughes. Uh, when it comes <laughs> well, to yeah, that's, like, that's a distant second behind John. Hughes, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, we love you either way. So whether it's you or Brian, it's going to be amazing. Uh, but I hope, uh, I hope John knows how much we love him too. But most of all listeners, I hope that our love of whiskey lifted your spirits. <laughs>
You're both yeah. idiots. Sweet. Earlier, I um, went into the room where I print this, and that's also the room where I keep most of my bottles. And uh, and I walk into the room planning on getting this, and then I'm like, oh, look, an entry buzz. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot about the uh, notes. So let me.